everybody to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. With me this week, he's actually performing at the festival. He cut off his sleeves just to show how hardcore and black and metal he is. Welcome, Whiskey Mute. Sleeveless Whiskey Sleeveless mutant. Eric Smith, the Whiskey Mutant himself. <laughs> I woke up and I, I was like, it's louder than life day to record. And I was like... My sleeves instantly cut off on their own. <laughs> you, I was watched, like, you watched the scissors like fly yeah, through the yeah, air. Exactly. That's so funny to me. Um, yeah, we're at Louder Than Life. Literally, as I hit record, a band started playing yeah, in the background. Yeah, we did a whole pregame and our course from the floor, just quiet, it chill. It was so quiet and so nice. And now it's Louder Than Life. Yeah, I, uh, I am a fish out of water here. <laughs> Um, this is very much more so Eric's Eric's scene. Yes. Literally or otherwise. The scene. The Eric, scene king Eric has returned. Scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the music is also so much louder right now than it was at Bourbon and Beyond last uh, weekend. Yeah. Perry, uh, give us a quick uh, comparison from last weekend to this. Louder. <laughs> Way louder. <laughs> louder and a lot more black. Yes. There's a lot like more. Like my soul. Sure. What stage are, are they we starting? Are they starting with a, a Black Sabbath cover? I don't know. I can't tell. No, I, I, don't, think, I don't think they are. Um, yeah. Crazy, man. I'm just happy to be here with I'm you. I'm happy to be here too. It, it's just, it's just wild. Like this is, I when when I sent in the request emails for us to be a part of the festivals, I requested for Bourbon and Beyond and Hometown Rising, two very opposite right. <laughs> festivals from where we are now, and they were like, "Oh, we're not doing Hometown Rising." Do you want to do Louder Than Life instead? I was like, well, yeah, sure. I don't see why not. So here we are. We're doing Louder Than Life. They were like, you got the mutant. You're getting into Louder Than Life. So here's what's happening currently, what I think is happening currently. You and I have been sitting down doing this for about 50 minutes. Yeah. Right? Between the pregame chats, between the pours from the floor, between all this stuff. And we have had artists walking around and look at our table, and I think they see me, and then they look at you <laughs> with your tattoo, your tattoos and your cut-off sleeves and think, oh, that guy's busy interviewing somebody. <laughs> and the other big thing about that, too, is that I don't have another mic set up, which actually I need to do soon so we can... Right. We got to get a couple more mics set up just in case. Um, but it's just it's very funny to me. I love it. I, I just I, love the atmosphere, I'm happy, dude. I'm happy to be here, dude. I just love. I just love the atmosphere. Like it's like part like rock fest, part like local hometown gingerbread festival. I feel right at home. We're, I mean, after we get done with a couple of interviews, we're going to walk across the field and we're going to go get some food. Heck yeah. Because I'm starving. 
Heck yeah, dude. I'm so hungry, man. Um, yeah, it's just, just, yeah, just in a good in a good mood right now. Uh, it would also put me in a good mood if you would go and follow the show and Eric on our separate social media accounts. Uh, one is at my bourbon pod. Uh, that is all over the place. The other is Whiskey Mutant. That's mainly on Instagram. If you want to support the show, too, you can do so by heading to patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast for as little as a dollar a month. But for as little as $5 a month, you get a bunch of bonus content, oh, which includes yeah. the pregame chats, the pours from the floor slash uh, uh, sampling irresistible. And this week, uh, we're going to be introducing... One of two new monthly Patreon bonuses. Oh, which one? As well. I, I'm going to let it be a surprise. Okay. I'm going to okay. let it be a surprise. Okay. I think you probably know which one it's going to be, though, because I'm busy right now, and it's going to require less editing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that. So go check all that out. But we normally start episodes out with Sips and Snacks or Flying Blind. And uh, this week, it looks like we have a flying blind, we if do. I'm not mistaken. We do have a flying blind. You know I ain't going to come unprepared. I just shot some uh, Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. I had a protein shake as we were getting out of the car. <laughs> I had a Red Bull. I've yet to have wings. So neither, neither of us. Oh, I think they have wings here. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So... Eric has blinded me with something. Also, we're not going to do a review this episode because uh, we did one last episode in conjunction with all the interviews and everything, and it just it was a two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> Which thank you to li- thank you for listening to it. If you well, I mean, so. we've still get we're still getting more feedback from that. We literally have ADHD whiskey part of the McGriddle conversation. It's true. Now. He has entered the chat literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that in just a just a, or do you want to go ahead and get it out of the way? Oh, I don't care. Let's go ahead and get it out of the way. He, actually, he secretly called me out. Then he called me out on Instagram. He challenged me to pair his favorite protein bar, which I am going to do. But then in a private message, he made me feel really dumb. He said, "Because last week you said, and this is the ongoing McGriddle debate that we've been having, right? Yep." About whether or not cheese belongs on a McGriddle. It doesn't. Now, here's here's one thing that I'll bring up before we we get too far. Um, that Joseph Brazo's theory is that you don't like cheese on a McGriddle because it the McGriddle itself has been made to be too sweet. Like the pat, like the um, bun, like of the it. the bun the with the syrup and everything. Yeah. Like it's a very artificial sweetness. Whereas you get something like a real pancake. See, I don't. I, I agree that that probably makes it even worse. But I'm still. If you made a homemade McGriddle with the best little pancake ever, I still wouldn't put cheese on it. Still wouldn't. We're gonna do it. Okay. We're going. We are going to make. And I don't know when yet. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> We're going to make you like the cheese. It's not. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we are going to do a homemade McGriddle. Find ways to incorporate, like, the syrup into it and everything. And we are going to put it up against a a McDonald's McGriddle. 
Bro, they're bigger than what he had on last week. <laughs> you know that guy? Well, he was here last week, too. Oh. He's media. Oh, didn't know. He's I don't trying know to show how you off now. Yeah. But I want, I want to see if not only we can find a way for you to enjoy the McGriddle, but if we can also improve upon okay. the McGriddle. Okay. I will go I'm for talking, it. I'll I'm try. talking I'll fresh try sausage. I am talking a fresh egg that goes on it. We're going to do, like, some aged cheddar. Ugh. Okay, okay. So that there is a good cheese. It's not just stupid American cheese, which, by the way, American cheese is not good cheese. Is it even real? It's not a real cheese. No. It, it is. It's a dumb. Anyway. Um, but we're going to make little, like, pancake sandwiches buns for you that have some kind of, like, syrup infusion with okay. them. Okay. So that. We can prove once and for all that the cheese belongs on the McGriddle. Okay. It's going to happen. Okay. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I'm finished talking about it for now. Next week, we'll come back. We'll do something special. Uh, Next week is actually episode 250. 250. And so maybe that's when we do the McGriddle comparison challenge. We could. We could. We could. We'll see. In the meantime. Uh, flying blind. Flying blind. You know what's funny? That actually kind of smelled like maple syrup. It's got a maple on there. With a nice little almost savory finish. I don't mind that. It's pretty good. It's, it's, oh, yeah, baby. Wow. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Um, so, yeah. That's maple and bacon almost. I like it. You like that? I like that quite you a like bit. That. I like it. You like that? I like it a lot. You like that? All right, deranged Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> you what, like that? What are we actually drinking here? Well, you already guessed it before you even had it when we were talking about what what it might be. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't even know what I said. I put the theme of. I had to do, go with the theme. Oh, it's I, a blackened. It's blackened. Nice. Yeah. Picked from Kroger. Oh, okay. A blend of straight whiskeys finished in black brandy casks. 110.7 proof. Is that 110? Yep. Exclusively curated by Kroger Wine and Spirits. I like this one, man. Dude, it's really good, right? It's quite good. Yeah, for sure. It may be better than the Black and Willet. That's a bold statement coming from you. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like that's I feel a like it's statement. It may be more approachable. I'll be honest. Good stuff. What have you been drinking recently? Hmm. What have I been drinking? Well, I went over to my neighbor's house who has. Is this the neighbor that has the great collection that you've. Yes. Smooched off of? Yes. Yeah. We definitely mooched and... Uh, Sorry, smooch. I said smooched I'll like sm- a kiss. I'll give him a little smooch. Give he's a little, a, give he's a a little, little nice kiss. guy. A little we finished a bottle of Lot B. Oh, nice. And I was very happy with that. And then he was like, you want some Thomas H. Handy? I was like, sure. So is this... Okay, so on the live stream that we had last week, which, by the way, if you've not watched it, uh, go and check it out. I'm going to upload the audio. I'm going to start doing the audio again for live streams. Um, but <laughs> you said you, you did that will it rye mm-hmm. 
blend yes with the honey yes and you said that it tastes like thomas h handy yes is that why you you said it so quickly because you had just had it no i had that after we did the last really stream. yeah so you had handy last night yeah no was it last night last night's friday were we on the live stream last night last two no, nights th- two nights ago it was thursday thursday after we got done doing the live stream i went over because oh, i was off i was okay. home from work no, I said that before. I was I was going off when we when we uh, reviewed the twenty twenty one handy like that kind of honey orange um, notes, and I was getting the same thing with that blend. That's so wild, dude. But oh. yeah, so oh yeah, so that's the other thing I've been drinking is a homemade Woodford honey that I made up on the spot. Because I because I crashed that, the live stream. You say that though, but you did put some thought into it. Did I? Sure you did. How? Well, it, you were trying to replicate Woodford Honey, All, which was a double barrel. That's the only one I had. Though. That's the only Woodford I had. Oh, well. I just grabbed Woodford and Honey I'm gonna and give mixed you, them. I'm going to give you more credit than I guess you're <laughs> actually. I should have just went with it. You really should have. Damn it. Um, I'm not cutting this out either. You don't but. have to. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Every time I try to get a little smarter and make myself look a little better, like I just I fall farther from the sun. <laughs> You're the opposite of Icarus. Yes. You started in the sun and you keep falling towards Earth. Yeah, I'm basically burning. Yeah, right fair now. enough. Yeah. But handy though. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Hell yeah, That's dude. Awesome. I don't even know what year it was. Um, I took a picture of it because you know. I truth be told, I don't think I would be able to tell you because I don't know the proofs on usually handies. I thought they all said like spring or summer or whatever, but they really don't do that. Um, Wait, is, 128.8 proof. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, see. Okay. I'm all right with that. Yeah. I'm all right with that. What have you been drinking? Well, less. <laughs> <laughs> drinking? What's that? Well, the, the reason is that, um, and for anybody who doesn't know, I started a new job last week. He did. He's been a hardworking man. <sighs> yeah, I'm back to the... Nine to five, forty hour a week grind, and it's weird. It's weird because I've been I've been just a stay at home dad taking care of Eden for the past year, basically. Yeah, hey, you don't get paid for that either. You really don't. <laughs> you really, really don't. Um, what if we got paid to take care of our own kids? I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I. But so I've I've been drinking significantly less, and it, it you know part of that is because I have responsibilities and I have to be up super early now, and um, like I I my schedule this week was so crazy, and like it got to the point where Friday ran came around, and I only had like six hours left that I had to work yeah. during the day, and so I was done by two o'clock, and I was like. Like, my initial reaction was, oh, I'm going to grab drink. a drink because yeah. you, you're done with work and you just want to you want to have something. And it was like, no, it's 2 o'clock. I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I could. You could. I could do that. But I needed to, you know, be responsible. I had to take care of Eden that night yeah. anyway. So I've, uh, I've just spent less time drinking. Um, not to say that I haven't had a, a few pours. But we did get a bottle of the uh, a Knob Creek pick from Adam in Nashville. Did I talk about this last week? Um, 
I don't know. You, I feel like you did. Maybe I did. Natural, natural Barrel Society. Right, right, right. Whatever. Um, they did a, or Bourbon Society, excuse me. They did a, 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 a Knob Creek pick, which I'm going to wind up getting at least a bottle more of. Really? I love it that, that much. What's yeah. the year? How old is it? Uh, it's, it's over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Which I think leads a little bit of credence to its, uh, its quality. But I, I mean, otherwise, like, Turkey 101, I had Virgin Bourbon 101, too. You know, I still last have night not opened that bottle. Dude, it's so good. I had that, and then I had Taylor Small Batch right after it. And the Virgin blows it out of the water. Same. Absolutely blows it out of the Same. water. Okay. I was I was really, really impressed with with it. So that's about it. Well, honestly. Hard working um, man. Do we have do we have any kind of housekeeping to take care of? The only thing um, I can really think of is that next week is episode yeah. two hundred and fifty. Next next recording will be episode two fifty. Yeah. We've touched on McGriddles. Um, I'm trying to figure out if we have like because here's the thing, like we've got 250, and then in a few weeks we're actually coming up on the five-year anniversary of the podcast. So I feel like we should be celebrating five years more so than 250, 250. episodes. Yeah. Let's just celebrate everything. We can we can do a big celebration at every episode know. from now on is a celebration. You know, it's like when you wake up and you're like, it's National This Day. Yeah. So next week's 250 few weeks we're gonna do 500 500 five five years of of the show um but we'll still do something special for 250 yeah so stay yeah. tuned stay tuned indeed especially because we are going to be doing some interviews over the next uh, little bit and that's going to be the episode for this week is us talking to more artists musicians friends probably Family. some bourbon people too if we can yeah. so hope you enjoy <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know truly how to introduce this. Yeah, I think you just go for it. Are we just going to have to go for it? We're yeah. sitting down with the band members of Tetrarch. And I this is really special for me because I get to see an old friend of mine, Josh, whom I have not seen since we were like 14, 15. Something crazy like that, yeah. Something wild when we were both at church camp. And I mean, you were playing Joe Satriani for the. Yeah, the was that a, it was New Orleans or something like that, right? No, we were in. Uh, I think that was when we were in Georgia. Georgia. In Macon. Oh, okay. It was, yeah, either, yeah, yeah. it was either that or North Carolina. Yeah, I think Macon. That sounds right. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. <laughs> That's crazy, though. <laughs> but it's super cool to have you guys on the podcast for sure. Thank you, yes. Um, Eric was telling me that he was kind of perusing your all's cat- uh, catalog for a, I did. For a little once, while. Once too. I found out that you were friends with somebody from church camp that was in a metal, <laughs> a metal band, I was instantly into it. And I was like, because I feel like I, I grew up like in the church camp scene and then like all of a sudden like I'm not anymore. And like, But I feel like all my friends who listen to metal and were like into that stuff, we all were from like vacation Bible school. Yeah. That's it, hilarious. It, it's it's true. It's true, and it's just I don't know. I thought it was awesome, so I, yeah, I was definitely jamming. The Were you album. allowed to listen to metal? No, 
<laughs> and that's the thing. I was, therein, therein lies the reason. Yeah, yeah, I was sneaking CDs and like. Um, I had to do the same thing. I wasn't allowed to listen to metal. No, I couldn't <laughs> listen to anything. And yeah, my, I live with my grandma, and like she was always trying to look at like. She was like, you can listen to some country. <laughs> and so I would. Or did, or did you grow up on 90s country too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. The Tim McGraw. Yep. Alan right. Jackson. Yep. Yeah. Alan Jackson's got Gucci a whiskey Gucci's. coming out. Yeah. Does he? He does. It's called Silver Belly, I think. Okay. After his hat or whatever. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. Weird. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's weird. Did, and that every time I tell somebody that, it's that pause where they're like, what, how do I react to this? I like, think it's because everybody has an al- everybody has a brand of booze that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fitting for a country artists to do it because it's like country and whiskey kind of go together, anyways. What, yeah. what would Most be of the, those suck though. So. What would be the ideal Tetrarch whiskey or alcohol collaboration? Ooh. I'm gonna leave that to them because I'm not a heavy drinker. <laughs> so it would probably have to be something that tastes for diamonds, something that tastes closer to water. Okay. Uh, so, so the more water so you're down. So I eat water. Yeah. Water. I, I'm not like yeah. I'm not sober by any means, but I definitely I just have always loved water. I'm on board with that. But how do you like the music water that they have here? <laughs> In the can? Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I like it's it. It's water. When it's like cold, it tastes better it than it does. It is definitely better cold. Which I guess sure. isn't very fun to answer your question, so I'm going to let Josh take that one back. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely I definitely do love me some water. Oh. <laughs> what would I... Well, we're not quite distinguished enough to be a, like a Johnny Walker, nah. a little scotch Ooh. or anything, but okay. that would be nice. Be really I feel cool. like we're more of a... We fall somewhere in between a fireball and a... Hell yeah, I'm down with that. I, I want to see you guys get your uh, own no. offshoot of, like... Jug, whatever comes yeah. in the plastic jug. <laughs> you, but you know, like, Blackened is Metallica's whiskey. Mm-hmm. I want to see you guys have, like, your own little offshoot of that, too, where, like, you got a sub-brand or something yeah. with them. You we, never know. Theirs know was the, actually... We know the people. Theirs is actually mean, good. It was really good. It's, it's smooth. It smooth. We actually just had some. Yeah. Too, yeah. a little bit ago. We had some, when we played Epicenter, they were there, and we nice. had, uh, they gave us, you know, the taste of it, and we were like, pretty smooth. I, I was tipsy yeah. after, like, after it, but it was good. So so do you know, like, the, the gimmick of that, what they do to that bourbon uh-huh. or whiskey? Play blacken, right? They Yeah, they say that they put the barrels, like, on the floor, and they put, they have these, like, what, super... Like these subwoofers, subwoofers kind of and they just pump or something. that in there. They just there. pump blackened into it. Yeah, I don't know how much I believe that. Why would works. they pick? I wonder why they would. What about the song "Blackened" makes a good whiskey, though? You see, I could pick another what it Metallica does to song. your liver. There we go. I mean, who am I to tell Metallica what to name their whiskey? That's a great whiskey name, but I'm just saying. You know, I, I would I, name it "Nothing Else Matters" because no. at the time you get, you know. Nothing else matters. I mean, Cause that, that, no, no, no. I like that because that like separates it from any other whiskey that's on the market, right? Yeah. It's like this is the one that we've got to go for, and everybody else should go for it at the same time. Nothing else matters. Fair. All right. Well, if they ever have an annual release called Nothing Else Matters, you all can sue yeah. because they, you know, took your idea for <laughs> sure. All right. Enough about that. I want to talk about the band specifically too. You guys have been around and together for going on about ten years now. Is that right? Yeah, sounds about right. Ish? Yeah. yeah. So what, how has your all's relationship with each other kind of evolved during that time as well as, like, your songwriting process, too? Um, I think that it's like anything. It's like you become family closer than you are with your 
own family sometimes because you're around each other all the time. We we rehearse hard. We, when we have a tour, a festival, it's every day in the practice space together. Yeah. You know, we tour together. We so you know, it's like anything. It's like a family. Yeah, and like everything's. We, yeah. We started in a van together too. So like. It's like you're literally on top of each other. And we did that for the first, like, seven years, you know, in a van, sleeping at Walmart. Literally, to get away from each other, you just get out of the van and walk down the parking lot. Like, it's it's, you know? And you do that. And you're like, I'm going to get away from everyone for a little bit. And then one by one, everyone trudges over to wherever you are. But I want to go to this Starbucks because no one that. drinks he Starbucks. He would be like, I want to go to Starbucks. And then one by one, we all, all walk into the Starbucks. Anybody want to see Starbucks it? is the only place that has internet. <laughs> But no, we, we love each other, and uh, I think people can see that when we play on stage, the chemistry. Yeah. A lot of bands, you know, it's hard to keep that chemistry, and we've been fortunate in that aspect. Yeah. Where's Louder Than Life kind of fit for you all in terms of, like, scope? Because, like, this is a festival that's been around for, for a while, too, you know? Right. But, I mean, you know, everybody's perspective is a little bit different, too. How are you guys kind of feeling about being here and being able to share your, your music with these folks? I mean, playing these festivals are always a highlight because you're on them with bands that inspired you to play, you know, that inspired us to play. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a, a, a pinch me moment a lot of times. Even after playing many of them, yeah. you're still kind of like, can I cuss? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, you're, you're just still kind of like, sometimes you're like, how the fuck did I end up here, you know? You, like, look around, you know? Like, I don't know. There's two church-going boys now. <laughs> so, it's one of those. That's it's, like, it's, oh, what hey, okay, what's up? It's definitely like... Just hanging out with the dude from Seven Dust. No big deal. <laughs> it's definitely rewarding. Let me say that. It's, like, a rewarding, and it's definitely, like, a, a career highlight. Especially, yeah, like, going from, like, playing the side stages to play in the main stage, to play in the main stage at a little later time, to having production. It's like just watching the growth of it and everything. It's cool. It's really cool to see. It's a humbling experience, I think. Yeah, for sure. What, what's kind of been like that, aside from like, you know, kind of going up a little bit higher on the, the bill and everything, what is the one thing that you guys kind of look at and go, I think we've made it at this point? Or you feel like, you kind of feel like that in the back of your mind where you're like this has been worth it all these I think years. it's more of when we have to, we reflect on things that we've done because in the moment we're still very focused on there's so much more to go yeah there's such a big mountain to climb and and so sometimes it's hard to you forget about how how amazing some of this, this stuff would have sounded to you when you were 12 years old if you were to say yeah we're playing on the stage with kiss and yeah. slipknot and yeah. all this you would think it was the craziest thing in the world but you know and like you said, it's crazy. Like a little story I had is when we played um, this festival called X and One Eleven, they did a few years ago in in, in Nashville. Uh, we played with Guns N' Roses on Guns N' Roses Day, but we had just found out that we were playing another Danny Wimmer show, and I was like, and it was, or we weren't playing at the Danny Wimmer show. It was Metallica was headlining that, and I was like with my mom, and I'm like. <sighs> They just announced Metallica on all these fests, and we're not on the fest, and that's my favorite band. And my mom just quietly, like, listens to me, and she's like, Diamond, tomorrow you're playing a festival with Guns N' Roses. Like, and I'm like, that's true. Like, you know, it just, like, sometimes, and I'm the worst. I'm the worst at it of probably all four of us. Like, I'm very much, like, I have to make myself... I get it. Realize like kind of where we are and how far we've come. Because as a kid, like you said, when we were in high school, I remember when me and him were like, if we could just play Mayhem Fest once. Yeah. Like we just wanted to like play like we that we had such 
we had goals that we've blown through like all of them when we were 12 you know yeah of course so that's that's cool you know so it's more of like he said more of like different things like each step that we've gone through and that we've done we enjoy because we had to work for all of them you yeah. know so yeah do you guys have any kind of like weird out of the box goals or dreams with the band that you want to like see happen on stage or anything like I don't know I, I don't being a part of an Adam Levine scandal <laughs> <Sorry>. no <laughs> I think that we have always since we were young I've always said that and we're not scared to say that we want to be the biggest hard yeah, rock metal band in the world and yeah. so some that may sound crazy and that may sound outlandish but that's always our focus so I would say like that's our our big goal yeah, yeah. and some people take it as like we're being like all, it's off-putting sometimes a little less now than goals. it used to when we were young yeah. people would be like what are you talking about there's our publicist hi maria, this is maria. um maria but yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is her scene she's a okay. she's one of a kind yeah hey you Holy Maria just busted in the middle of the interview. Yeah. Come in. <laughs> she's she's going to give us notes because we've done something wrong nah. in, in the meantime. But um, you guys are on stage. What time are you all playing tonight? Three, playing three. Three oh five yeah. nice. on, the, on the Space Zebra stage. Nice. Awesome. Really excited to check you guys out. Thank you. A little yeah. bit later. Um, Josh, it's good to see you, man. It's good to see you, man. That's crazy. <laughs> it's wild, Yo, I dude. saw you on Facebook. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> just like the name popping up. I was like. Was that passport? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's nuts. For that's sure, good to see you. Thank you all so much. Thank you for having it. us, man. Got, Thank I got, you. I got two questions. Oh, you got questions? Okay, sorry. Yeah, this is the co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, I'm, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no. I just want to know what's your favorite road snacks. When you're Ooh. snacking on the road, what are you having? Probably the white chip macadamia Cliff Bars. Oh, heck yeah, yeah. dude! I know all about these. Yeah, those are good. Sounds really good. We haven't eaten yet today either, um, so. Probably chips. Yeah, I was like, you know, shitty chips, that I have no business Doritos. with. Doritos. <laughs> yeah, pretty much anything is on my way. I would just kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Six, six week old beef jerky or something. You're like, eh, just, he just takes yeah. a quick sniff. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Give it a little sniff test. And the last thing, I gotta, I gotta come back to uh, hiding metal from our grandparents and Go our parents it. here. Did you? Gotta talk to my guy down here. Sure. Did you ever have like a technique to get like I would take my uncle's country CDs, uh-huh. take the CDs out, and I would put like my Slipknot CDs in that. So if my grandma saw the cover, yeah, she'd be she, like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, okay. this is. Did good, you ever yeah. have anything, any way of, of sneaking it in or hiding it? So. I would have friends burn CDs for me, and then I would hide those CDs somewhere, but my parents would always find them. And then I really wasn't, and then I really wasn't able to listen to metal until I was a teenager. Yeah. So by the time I got to the point where I was really buying my own stuff, they had kind of given up. Right. Yeah. yeah at that point, there's no point. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you're going to take away my... Yeah. Metallica CD. Well, guess what? I'll just go buy another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm out this grass just for this CD. No, I love that. I love that that connection that we have right now. So I feel like I have a, a new brother. Yeah, or kindred spirits. Yes, I dig that. Exactly. Yeah, so I dig that. I'm gonna right. go on tour with them. Get a new co-host. All right, we had to take like five minutes. 
away from doing stuff just so we could talk about something I, I didn't think we were ever going to review a root beer. This is something. It's incredible. So it's called Parlor, and it's a butterscotch root beer made with cane sugar. The real stuff. The real stuff. The real stuff for the real reels. This is like, I think, the bourbon drinker's root beer. Yeah, because there's like this kick to it. Like, you almost think you're drinking something with alcohol in it, and there's not. It's that, that like, bitterness that hits, like, midway through the tongue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like how they actually give you instructions on where to drink it from. Oh. Drink this side up. Well, I was going to cut a hole in the bottom and drink it that way. It's got a great nose. It really is butterscotchy root beer. I'm such a fan of this, dude. Yeah, for a root beer review, I'm going to do... I'm like 18 out of 20. I got to find out what the the price is on these. All right, Amazon's telling me it's uh, $52.98. <laughs> for one? <laughs> no, it's for 12 for bottles. 12. Okay. What? Look at that. What's that picture? It says dang. Dang. That's not right. Man, this is great. Oh, could you imagine this in a root beer float? With butterscotch like With drizzle and bourbon and bourbon, yeah, yeah, ten bucks for a four pack. I'm not mad at that. I'm at not all. mad at that by any means. That's a five on the pricing. Yeah, I would have this around a lot. And again, I'm not really a root beer guy, but that's I'm a I'm a buy on this all day. All right, hang on. Oh boy. Is that Knob Creek in there still? No, this is uh, Jack Daniels. Okay. Is that where it's at? Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's like a... It's almost like marshmallowy, like yeah. foam, like a marshmallow ice cream thing. Woo! Dude, that's... That's great. It shouldn't be that that's good. That's a festival it's, drink. It's in, just that's Jack a, Daniels. That's Jack Daniels with... Parlor root beer, butterscotch root beer. This is this is like a like I would make this for a party, almost yeah, like a whole jug of it. I mean, it it would go flat if you poured all the root beer before. But but everybody would drink it so fast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's very. Yeah. Oh, no, it's an incre incredibly drinkable for sure. Got the guys from Twenty One Pilots coming our Nice <laughs> pants. Love those pants. All right, we just had to take a small break so we could talk about Parlor Root Beer. I'm down with Parlor Root for Beer. For a second. Uh, let's see if we can get them to sponsor the show. I'm down. Let's do, it. let's do it. I'll cut my sleeves off for them, too. You did it for me. I didn't even have to ask. Uh, you don't have to. Yeah. I, I learned that from Fred Minnick. He was like, and I mean, like, it's good rule of thumb anyway. To hit the record button? Well, y yes, but also <laughs> to make sure that the people that you're interviewing know they're being recorded before you actually do it. That is huge. Like, yeah, I, 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 when I have guests on my show, I always say right away, I'm like, all right, we're recording. Yeah. I mean, you got to, but I always hit record immediately because the good stuff happens when yeah. you're just saying hi, you know? <laughs> I, I am super excited to be chatting with you too, Cutter. Uh, you're from, I, I, was, I was reading over your, your kind of bio and I couldn't help but read it as Wapple. 
Yeah, WAPL in uh, Appleton, Green Bay, Wisconsin, where I do a morning show. Yeah, man. Um, I, as I read that, too, my, my mind went, God, did they have any kind of, like, controversy when WAP came out? And, like, was there any, <laughs> like, were people calling it up and, like, and being like, oh, something's off here? Like, or was that just a... Yeah, happy coincidence for you all that I, I they think showed it was a, up in some Google searches. Somehow. Well, here's the deal. Like, so when did WAP become popular? Like, we were kids, but like, what, 80s, 90s? Like, when would when did WAP, know. you know what I mean? Well, well back in the okay. day, Jungle Juice, and I mean, it's True. all the same. Okay. You were, okay. I think I've just dated myself a little bit. Because my reaction was, or my thought was Cardi B. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I just dated myself. I'm the old guy. <laughs> Apparently. There we go. That's good. That's good. We just Apparently, the, the gray in the beard didn't <laughs> give it away enough. Dude, I started going gray a little bit in 2020. I mean, it's just, like, been through my temples and, like, my hairline and everything. Sure. And I can't tell whether or not it was because of the pandemic or because my wife got pregnant right before the pandemic started. I'm going to say all the above. I think so. It does, it does kind of feel like that. But... Uh, I want to talk to you about your your career in radio too, and I mean you've been to God knows how many of these at this point. Oh, festivals, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. you know, I'm I'm interested to see from your perspective, COVID aside, how these these festivals have kind of changed throughout the the years, and and what your kind of perspective on the the music business as a whole is now as opposed to maybe like the first couple of festivals that you went to that's an interesting as a professional that's an interesting question I, I i think it changes as it grows right it sure it it has become you know at first god you had the dwp festivals and, and at first it was you know rock on the range was kind of the big one in columbus ohio and when we started going there it was um you know very much community very much uh, let's get all the radio people in there. Let's get all the media people in there. And you had, you had all the press. You had, you know, there's this, there's Rolling Stone and there's Revolver and there's, yeah. you know, whatever. Rolling Revolver was still just really just a magazine. Um, and you had them and then you had all the, all the major radio stations from across, not just the Midwest, but really from across the country. And obviously, you know, guys from Sirius XM and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was real community. Um, as it grew, they kind of got away from that, I think, a little bit. Um, and, and I think you have to, right? There's there's more security issues. Sure. Um, there's more people, so then therefore that makes more, you know, whatever. And, and artists don't necessarily need to go run the rounds of doing 30 interviews yeah. in an hour yeah. uh, before they have to go sound check. So, I, you know, at, at first that that aspect of it was very much. Yeah, we're all here together. We're all we're gonna go have a we're gonna go get drinks later. All of us together. And we're all gonna have an after bar. And yeah. we're gonna see cool bands, and it's gonna be an amazing experience. That's gone away a little bit, but there's more fans, you know. And I, sure, there, there's more people yeah, coming yeah, to yeah, these yeah. festivals. You know, when you're going to uh, like today with Louder Than Life or this weekend with Louder Than Life, when you've got legendary artists like Kiss and Red Hot Chili Peppers and and stuff headlining, it's you're gonna get forty. 50,000 people there, yeah. you know, it's, so you have to be a, a little, it's a little different as far as that aspect goes, but it's still, I think the, the initial thing is still there, you know, the, the, the festival experience for rock, which really until, and I don't want to kiss Danny Wimmer's ass too much, but really until it's he okay. started doing that, <laughs> you know, the, these kind of festivals were so huge in Europe, Yeah, they, uh, they weren't, 
here in the United States. You had a couple. You know, there was a couple we did in Wisconsin every year. Um, there's, you know, you have your couple random ones. You know, your your California had one. You know, whatever. But now it's become such a big part of the culture, and, I, it, yeah. and it's and it's amazing because it, it is a great experience. I, you you touch on these bigger name outlets, you mm. Rolling Stones, your Sirius XMs, and like I can't help but look around and go, those guys aren't here. Sure they are. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hosey's right there interviewing somebody right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pinfield's been running around. Okay, well, um, egg on my Revolver's face, behind me. With, with, what I was kind of getting at, I guess there's not as much like showmanship about them being here as there are some some other outlets that's very true so and so you don't think about that necessarily as you're coming in and especially with like this is my bourbon podcast Mm -hmm. like we're no serious xm we're no no dude same yeah but like just the opportunity i feel like that is something that i mean despite the fact that podcasting is such a a new and fresh medium 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, these like little outlets, I just don't feel like we would have been here. Well, I mean, what, what is your perspective on that? The, I think the advantage that uh, people like us might have now is, I mean, local radio aside, and you're talking just podcasting, is it's all about the viral aspect, right? If, if, you, if you put something out... True. And it goes viral. People are going to know who you are. And it doesn't matter if you're in Louisville, Kentucky, or in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or in New York City. Um, they're going to know. Uh, and, and you can kind of, everybody's kind of playing with the same rules sure. as far as that goes. You know what I mean? Um, sure, some of these outlets have signals or have satellites or whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all playing by the same rules. Yeah. We're all trying to use Facebook. We're all trying to use TikTok. We're all yeah. trying to use uh, Instagram, Twitter, and everything else to the best of our abilities to get our stuff out there. Yeah, and it, it, it does feel like that sliding scale of, like, how do we feel our measure of success weighs in, in, in our favor? Yeah. You know, because, like, I mean, if you, I think that I, I'm almost word vomiting right now. <laughs> But, like, when you think about... You dude, know, I do that all the, the time. Just word vomit, it's just, man. That's just how it goes, dude. But you think about, you know, like, the amount of people who might, like, subscribe to Rolling Stone. How many people do they actually have as followers on Twitch or TikTok or whatever? And then, like, how many people listen to radio shows or podcasts? How many, you know, and what is the amount of people that actually follow them on social media and, and everything, too? And I think that that is what, what I think you were kind of getting at a little bit is that the measure of success is not the same for everybody. Right. You know, like, and, and I mean, I, I'm kind of like sticking my foot in my mouth a little bit, but I mean, I'm very grateful to be here. You know, it's, it's very much an honor to like have such a small outfit Mm -hmm. and still be allowed the chance to come in and, you know, rub elbows with, the struts were walking around here earlier. Jelly yeah. Roll was just meandering making, about. Making loud noises. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a very cool thing, you know? And, and I, I think a part of that, too, is like, yeah, 15, 20 years ago, we probably wouldn't have had that opportunity either. You know, it's the advent of social media and everything that 
is well, it's, it's podcasting, and I just thought of this. It's podcast, and this is dating me a little bit because, again, you know, going back to like, I, I came up. I'm a musician. Like that's how I got into this. Same. And, actually, uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Start a band. Um, I would. I, it's <laughs> it's not as easy as it used to be before no. I had a kid. But oh, dude, I hear that. Man, I, I, hear I that. miss being on stage so much. What do you I play? Really, I'm guitarist. Yeah, me singer, too. Singer, guitarist. Okay. All that, but I put out a an independent album in 2014 okay and so i just like you know i've been writing since then but i just have no chance to get into the studio or like get other people to sit down with me because i mean this pays the bills more than music ever did well yeah for me absolutely you know and so i had to kind of pick my battles dude i play (laughs) in a jam band cover band now like are you serious i do yeah and it's fun, dude. It's it's me and one of my best friends, and it's yeah. we both play guitar, we both sing, and um, we have different musicians that play with us, and we just literally just go play bars on the weekends, and that's it. Like we both have kids, both have real jobs. They, they own a uh, an axe throwing business, um, which has been extremely successful. Uh, it's called Razor Axe. If you're ever in that area nice. in Wisconsin, go go check it out. But um, it, it, I released an album in 2001, so before digital anything we had it on myspace yeah that was the cool like we had it on yeah, myspace yeah, yeah, you know right, what I mean? exactly um, and i mean how many artists were found through myspace during the did a lot the aughts, actually you know yeah a lot it, and yeah. you know what i mean to be fair it did allow us to go play some cool shows i mean it, you yeah. know and that and then that was it you know it, it, it broke up and went away and you try again and you try again and then you have kids and then you tr- maybe try again and then, and then you, play you get divorced band. and then you try again and then uh, you do a, n- a different career path and then you play in a cover band. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works, right? That's the life of a musician in a nutshell. So, um, but but podcast, what I was going to say before is I, oh yeah, I, feel like, I feel like podcasting has kind of become the new fanzine. And so in the, yeah. when I was a teenager, right, you had fanzines, like in yeah. the punk rock scene. Um, and in Green Bay, where I grew up, especially, it was it was huge, you know. Yeah. Um, before Green Day signed their deal, they were in town. They were never actually in Green Bay, but they were around, you know. We, my band I was in when I was 15, 16 years old opened up for Blink-182 once. Like, you know, at a small club on a Tuesday. Like, it's so just, cool. it's so weird, right? I, and I was looking so through cool old flyers and, like, Anti-Flag, who are going to be playing later yeah. today here, um, played there all the time and you know all those punk the donnas and the queers yeah. and like all those punk legends right jesus lizard and all that crazy stuff um little blue crunchy things and money money <laughs> boss tones and I you know whatever so much man it was it was and th- yeah. that was the scene though and, and really that became that way because of things like fanzines yeah, yeah yeah so you take what it is now right and you have some of these artists becoming big on like tiktok and yeah. and whatever else um it's sort of like that again. It's the underground, and if it becomes popular, you can't ignore it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's everywhere else. It doesn't matter if the gatekeepers like it or not. The gate. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you swear on this, but um, fuck the gatekeepers at that point because it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like the fans have spoken, and yeah. I love. I love like the old punk rock in me loves that. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it, just it's, it's weird. Like sitting here and thinking, even for just a brief second, that. Yeah, podcasting is kind of punk rock, isn't it? It, it is. It's nerdy. It's nerdy punk it rock. It is nerdy punk rock with a, a bunch of guys who wear trucker hats and have beards. <laughs> and drink beer And together. drink bourbon. Or bourbon, for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it, you know, and we, we try to, like, justify or find ways to vilify what it is that we do. Yeah. Just to say, hey, you know, we're, we're actively trying to be a part of a community. 
yeah. may not be the community that people might most readily associate us with, but we are just trying to be a part of something. I mean, well, it's I, I think if it, I, and to correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys do more of a lifestyle podcast, right? So, I mean, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I'm and I'm just interviewing people, like that's mine. But if if you go into it realizing. Like a musician, if you go into playing in a band knowing you're never going to be Metallica, so just go have fun and do what you do. Yeah. If you go into a podcast realizing you're never going to be Joe Rogan, because that's crazy. Yeah. Um, or even back in the more popular podcast a few years ago, like Adam Carolla and stuff. Yeah. If you're never, you're, if you know you're never going to be that, but you go in and you do what you do and you have fun doing it, and, you, and if you can make a little change, yeah, do it even better. Yeah. You know, the, I think that's the best part. And the way I kind of like justify this. And I'm sorry that we're getting into, like, the weeds of it or whatever. No, but dude, it's like, I'm in. The, the way I kind of justify it is it's, like, an extra paycheck a month. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. You know, like, that if, if I'm just, like, just that little bit extra allowance to kind of, like, you know, make it seem justified that I'm, I'm spending this time doing this. And, you know, I do spend time away from my family. Yeah. Like, I could be at home napping with my daughter right now. But, sure. I mean, like, I have the passion to, like, be here and talking with people. And, I mean... I do as much like lifestyle stuff as we do. I, interviewing is still a huge part of what I do with this show. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it wasn't anything that I had an interest in or a passion for until I started doing this podcast. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. And then Fred Minnick says, oh, you're really good at this. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop doing this now. Like, there's, there's no <laughs> Dude, reason Dude, I met for Fred me. the other day for the first time. What yeah. a trip that guy is. He's, I, I said this to him last week. We hadn't seen each other in two and a half years. Yeah. Last week was the first time that we got to see each other, hug each other, sit down and talk since the month before the pandemic started. Wow. And I, I've always just in the back of my head said, he's, he's my mentor. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the guy that I can always go to with questions, and he will always give me an honest answer and just very constructive, honest, coming from a place of love feedback that he, he gives as well. And I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have him, like, in my life. But also, I understand that, you know, people look at him and go, that guy is the biggest douchebag that I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not immune to the, the way that he can be viewed by people. Right. It's just, that's just part of it. I mean, not everybody goes around, wears an ascot and drinks whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and says, this tastes like marzipan. So. <laughs> but oh, that's I, hilarious. I, I'm just, I just wanted to kind of sit down and, and pick your brain for a little while yeah, on, man. on all this because you know I, as as far as things go as far as I'm concerned I'm like the new kid on the block when it comes to a lot of this but yeah. I just love being here I love this atmosphere you know I was at Bourbon and Beyond last weekend too and it was a very different scene than what this well, is the, but, yeah because that one's more like um, bourbon and then the music is is more ulti and stuff right because Pearl yeah. Jam headlined I saw the picture of that yeah Chris Stapleton headlined Chris, Sunday yeah. night too and um, yeah I mean it's it's less like focused genre wise I guess but right. then like I say that and you know Snoop Dogg's played it louder than life and you know well, yeah Ghost Main played Bronze. yesterday it, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Action Bronson's later today yeah like there's there's just so many you can't be as like 
oh, I can point to one genre that they play at Louder Than Life as opposed to Bourbon and Beyond, where it's like a dozen different genres. Right. But I mean, th- it does kind of wind up going a little bit like that here, too. Maybe not as much as Bourbon Not as much, Beyond. yeah. It's definitely more but, focused on the hard rock and heavy metal aspect yeah. of things, too. But as For a metalhead sure. and a punk rocker, like, I love Action Bronson. I really do. Oh, I don't, he's, I don't, he's fantastic. I don't, he's great. Yeah. Um, but that's all right. Dude, you got to get, get to more. Get to more. Yeah, uh, Bourbon and Beyond. I've never been to Bourbon and Beyond. Um, I'm not, I've never been a big bourbon guy. I actually just found out. As I uh, sit here and Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I have celiac disease. So, like, um, I just found out that bourbon is actually safe because it's generally a corn mash and, yep. and because it's extra distilled. So, like, you get, like, cheap whiskeys are hardly distilled at all, right? So, yep. it's, it's, there's no way. Like, if it's made with, if it's a wheat mash, I'm not touching it because there's going to be some leftover stuff in there. Um, or, like, flavors. Flavors are hard. But uh, because of, this, of the distillation, uh, wow, the distillation, that's not right either. I talk for a living, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> that's what I always say every time I trip over my words. It's like, you think I would be used to this by now after but, five years. So correct me if I'm wrong. So the bourbon's distilled more, right? Or bourbon, no. the way the way bourbon's distilled. How does it work then? Because so, bourbon, I mean, typically they only distill it once. Right. And for it to actually be called bourbon, it can only be in a new first-used virgin barrel. Oh, maybe that's why. But but you're right, though. Like, the mash has been distilled enough to where you're not getting, like, residue from grains right. or anything. It is a It starts out as a clear alcohol, a clear spirit. Right, and then the and barrel so makes it. The barrel gives it, I think they say, 95% of its flavor and 100% of its color. Okay. So. Interesting. If you if you get a weeded bourbon, it it's, my sister-in-law has celiac. It's not yeah. going to, it's not going to. Dude, I, I've bad. been trying some, and I have yeah. not had an issue, and I've go. definitely had reactions from cheap whiskey before. Well, so. that's just because cheap whiskey is not usually oh, very that's, good. That's but true. That's true, too. Cutter, it's been so good talking with you, man. Yeah, it man, really anytime. Nice to man, make reach your acquaintance, out. and I, I hope to see you again soon and chat more, and best of luck to you, too. You got dude. it, brother. Thanks for yeah. having me on. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. I, I'm legit just going to sit here and talk with you guys and Stop. hold and hold this guitar the entire time because it before before I hit record I was saying this is like the, getting to like sit with this guitar it just like experiencing it and like being in its presence is so special for me but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. You're glowing right now. I and feel it. You're I glowing. Feel, I feel like I'm smiling as much as I did when my daughter was born. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, is, I don't know if I've yeah. seen you this happy anytime since either. Ever. Ever. Maybe yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting down with the guys from the music experience here at Louder Than Life, Squiggy. How you doing, buddy? And then, do well, man. It's good, good to see man. you. Good to be here. And I am so sorry, dude. I just blanked on your name. My name's Paul. You think I'd be able to remember Paul? It's pretty simple. Yeah. He forgets my name every week. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but as I was kind of alluding to, I, I'm, I'm holding what was Ural's first guitar build, and it was made out of a wild turkey barrel. Yes, it is. It was made out of 100% made from a barrel. I, I, we, we, we are the only ones 
dumb enough to think that we can make guitars from bourbon barrels. So when when I was ta- I was chatting with you guys last week at, at Bourbon and Beyond, just immediately you all started talking about how difficult it was to assemble this guitar and the guitars in, in general. Have you learned any kind of tips or tricks on, you know, kind of working with the, the barrels anymore? Or are you still kind of like learning as you go? Like, is every time that you sit down with a, a new barrel and a new guitar different than the, the one before? So yes, every, every barrel's different. Every piece of metal's different. Every stave is different. I've learned a lot, but honestly, every time we get a new barrel or a new stave, it's, it's, it's a learning curve all over again. And, you know, traditionally, uh, you know, barrel guitars have been somebody takes a a barrel top, which is already flat, um, and they CNC a body, and, you know, whatever bourbon brand you want that guitar to be, they will etch it in there. So usually uh, a lot of these, you know, these barrel guitars actually really aren't from the barrels uh, completely. You know, the barrel top could be from any barrel. Um, the barrel top can be etched with whatever. These are the only guitars that are actually made from the staves, the metal, the binding, the top. I mean, every part of the barrel is encompassed in the guitar. What, what was the kind of the inception of doing this? Because, I mean, it, it wasn't just a like, oh, I think I'm going to do something different and build a guitar out of a bourbon barrel, right? I mean, there had to have been some kind of love for bourbon beforehand. Um, so, so it's kind of it, kind of interesting how, how that came Squeaky, to be. Squeaky's getting a little uncomfortable under the pressure uh, here, y'all. Yeah, no. So about four years ago, uh, I was uh, with West from Angels Envy, and we were talking. You know, he loves music, loves guitar. Yeah. And uh, me and my buddy Ron, we were like, dude, we should. I don't know, man. We should make these some guitars out of some barrels. It's more of a marketing thing. Uh, just to kind of get people talking, West was game. We had never done it before. Yeah. We had partnered with uh, a guitar brand to get it done, and you know they came out cool, and we sold both of them the like the Thursday of Bourbon, and we were like, oh man, there's most certainly something to this, uh, and then COVID hit, and and yeah. it just wrecked everything, and um, and then we kind of wanted to resurrect the idea, but even more in depth of what we did with Angel's Envy back in the day. You know, there was, right. you know, when we did the Angel's Envy guitars, they weren't they weren't as authentically barrels as this one is. Um, and, you know, Paul and I have a mutual friend and, you know, Paul's the absolute only guy on the planet that can actually build these guitars. <laughs> There's nobody else that can build these guitars, I assure you. Just, it, it as much as I want to play it, like I also just want to sit and look at it too. Like it, it is very it's much. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. No, it, it yeah. is, and I, I think that that is the sign of good craftsmanship, of dedication to the work and everything too. That as much as it is a tool for success, it is also an art piece. And I, you know, I I played through all six of the ones that you all had on display last week. Each one of them, despite the fact that you know they're all Telecaster shapes and, and whatnot all of them felt uniquely their own thank you, thank they, you. they all felt like they they deserved to be celebrated not just because they were made from bourbon barrels but because they were their own creation and i just i'm just i'm, I'm gushing more than i am anything about what you all are doing because 
I can't get over how friggin' cool this is. Thank you. That something like this exists. But I, the the thing that keeps like popping up in the back of my head too is like, how do you? Because uh, bourbon barrels aren't exactly the cheapest thing in the world. How do you have offset some of the cost on on that? Um, are you sourcing a lot of the the equipment and everything that goes into it? Or I, I mean, that's definitely more of a Paul question, but I will say this, like, <laughs> these poor guys, you know, trying to get this down to building, uh, I mean, they went through like $1,000 of drill bits, you know what I mean, on, oh, on guitar number one, so, I mean, I, I'm sure Paul can... You know, I think he stopped crying at this point. Like they're just, they're just, you know, just, just, just wasting away all these tools, yeah. man. But it's a testament to, to the craftsmanship. And I think he, he's got some pretty good stories on the uh, nightmares of building these guitars. It is, it is a nightmare. You were telling nightmare. me about having to build the binding out so, of the staves, <laughs> or excuse me, not the staves, the. Um, the metal binding. So the metal, so the metal band that we use around the side for the binding. That's uh, so it's curved. It's, yeah. it's spring steel. You can't heat it. Um, all you can do is beat it with a two-pound sledgehammer and a cold chisel. And, and it takes about two hours per guitar to get that to lay around there. That is by far the worst part of this entire <laughs> build. The staves, um, obviously they're curved. And we found out that they were waterproof after I soaked them for a month and a half. And it and we ended up having to take the char off and re-soak them again so we could get the get them straight. I have an F-350, I parked it on it um, overnight and I pulled off of them and uh, they were still curved. So it's a, it's a pain, it's a pain. I just imagine you like when when the guitar's almost done, like it's almost like a Marvel movie, like there's like metal music playing behind you and you're just like pounding stuff with hammers and like all of a sudden the guitar just rises and it's like, I'm finished. Like that's how awesome this looks. And when you said you were having to hammer things and do all that, like I just imagine it being the most metal well, thing. Well, well ever. even even the you know the story of the build, you know, is like you know the core wood in there is a 200 year old pine, and you know these guys got to soak the the staves for six weeks. You know, soak them, straighten them, soak them more, straighten them, and then you glue that once they're straight to the 200 year old pine and then they hand cut the body right. and then they do you know with the sledgehammer on the binding and i mean i mean this thing is it's like it, it, you said a marvel movie but it is almost like a marvel that it's even yeah. built yeah. you know um and everything down to the you know uh you know the the little wood piece on on the on the channel uh, on the selector you know the the tops of the barrels as the knobs i mean you know paul's attention to detail is I mean, it's it's nicer, in my opinion, than the vast majority of even custom shop guitars that I see. Right. You know, and you know, the the question is always, well, how good do they sound? Um, you know, the, incredible. Yeah. They sound amazing. It, it, it's uh, and you know, Paul worked with the the pickup company. Um, I mean, it really is a feat, man. These guys pulled off something amazing building these guitars. Yeah. Has Wild Turkey like seen? Has has anybody seen this? Like, is oh, this? Yeah. Have they? I didn't know if because this looks like something they would want in their gift shop to me. Like, and uh, I feel like they should be reaching out and be like, we need a whole wall of this stuff on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bourbon was kind of our coming out, you know, as as launching the brand Barrel right. Guitars, um, and yeah. 
most of the distilleries made their way over. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're happy to say we have relationships with them all good, now. Good. Um, do you think they'll, have they mentioned anything of maybe like a special barrel they have that once they empty it, they may want a guitar made out oh, of yeah, it? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where this is going to go. You know, just brands putting out their kind of like their small batch bottles. You know, there'll probably be some small batch guitars that'll go oh, with those bottles. Right. That's amazing. I love it. You know. Perry's, Perry's I'm in, sorry. in, in, I'm in sorry. his own I world just, right now I with just, this. His pants are getting tighter. I just can't help it. Mm, I just nice. can't help it. And here's here's the thing that like keeps keeps hitting me in the back of the head too. Y'all are never gonna part with this guitar. You can't, right? Because this is the thing that showed like that you had the metal to do it and you had the ability to to go out of your way to make something so special and so unique. And like as yeah, this should be should be played and should be loved, but I mean just as like a trophy hanging over your fireplace. I mean, I could see it just serving that role just as well. Well, just kind of like Paul said, you know, like there's never going to be two guitars alike, ever. Oh, for sure. You know, even from the same barrel. Though. So it's like every guitar has its own, you know, it's got its own story. And, you know, like I said, like, like Paul's, you know, the way that he puts these guitars together and, you know, the stories that he tells with the guitars. And, I mean, it's just like, I... I look at the guitars like I didn't see the guitars until the Thursday of Bourbon. So up until Thursday of Bourbon, I had, we had, that was only one that really existed. Right. So like he showed up Thursday and it's like, yeah, man, it's like a kid in a freaking candy shop. You know what I mean? You're just like, like, dude, and, and you're just you're just so taken back by the craftsmanship. Yeah. And um, no, like it's, said, it's there. It you just feel. And it sounds it sounds so like oddly romantic, but you just feel the love that's gone into it. And I, I think that as far as like boutique guitar brands go, you want everything to feel like this. It doesn't have to be bourbon barrels, it doesn't have to be, you know, reclaimed wood from the Nina, the Pinta and the Santa Maria. Like, you know, you just you want something to feel like it has a connection between the maker and the, the end product the way that this does. I just, I commend you guys so much and I'm so excited to see what happens next. And like, there's a big part of me too that like on the next barrel pick that we do to send it down to you guys to get it made into a guitar. Like, I, I, want, I want one so badly, man. I, like... <laughs> I'm gonna be saving my my tooth fairy money for a while to <laughs> to be able to bring one home. But um, where can where can people learn more about you all too on the internet with the the, the guitars? Well, so for the barrel guitars, it's barrel barrelguitars.com. Um, but just you know, Paul just as as a luthier, you know, he's got he's got a company. Uh, awesome guitar boutique in Brunswick, Georgia, called So Glow, and he makes you know So Glow customs and. Uh, I mean, you could probably talk more to the Sogo uh, stuff, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, every every guitar Paul builds, whether it's made out of barrels or made out of whatever crazy wood he found somewhere, you know, under a tree or under a water or whatever. Um, I mean, his regular guitars are, are amazing too. So yeah, man, tell me about Sogo, man. Just 
Yeah, so Soglow Guitar Gallery in Brunswick, Georgia. Um, we opened with our own 32 personal guitars, and from there, it's uh, it's just grown. It's it's we started building guitars, amps, pedals, um, but it seems like anything I get my hands on, uh, we can't keep it simple. Yeah. Can't keep it simple. Like every one of those guitars there, I I say they have an attitude because. Uh, from straight in the metal to the staves to that one there was on the stage with the uh, um, As You Were Army Band and it, it had an attitude. It sounded amazing. So it's got it's got attitude, man. It does. It's got attitude. Paul Squiggy, thank you guys so yes. much for sitting thank down you. with us for a little Dude, while. Thank you. My pleasure, man. Talking about this absolute beautiful product that you've yes, you've brought into beautiful. this thank world. You, man. Thank Talk you guys. About it as much as you guys want. Thanks, yeah. man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you guys. Sitting down now with the guys from Radkey. Out of you guys are out of. We are in St. Joseph, Missouri. Right. That's right. Sorry, I, my brain went Mississippi for a second. <laughs> and I was like, that's not. That's not right at all. But uh, first of all, uh, y'all put on a killer show earlier. Thank you. I, Thank you. I enjoyed the heck out of it, and it's it's really funny having seen you guys. What I'm gonna call in your element. Totally. Right? On stage, full of energy, full of life. Y'all are kind of a little more reserved off stage, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, was that kind of a, like, is it just because you feel more like you're, you're in your, your element, in your right place when you're up on stage? Like That's how I feel. Like, since, you know, we were homeschooled, we are kind of, like, shy, so... All the touring was us kind of growing into ourselves and learning how to interact with just the world. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, for certain people. Yeah, so stage is like really a good. That's our really our safest spot because it all stems from that. That's yep. that's like trial by fire too. <laughs> totally. Right? I mean, yeah. to go from from being homeschooled to just all of a sudden having to be in front of oh, yeah. thousands of people. Yep. And, but, I mean, like, it's worth it, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You guys, you guys are doing great, and you've got people who are there enjoying your music for your music, not just because exactly. it's a festival. Totally. Right? It's, it's a great, it's a great feeling. Yeah. What, what got you guys into this? Because, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big leap. Yeah, well... <laughs> Mentally, what, emotionally, you know, like... What it was was our dad came home. Like, we'd always been into, like, some rock music, whatever dad had played, but... One day he brought home School of Rock, and that changed everything. Wow. Yeah, I love because that, that is so like much, that packaged rock music in such a great way for young people. Uh huh. Yeah. And and that our dad had all that in his record collection. So, yeah, we, you know, thanks to Jack Black and our dad. You know? <laughs> Were you guys here on Thursday? No, sadly. So you didn't get to see Tenacious D? No, uh, no. Have you seen Jack Black since, at, like, at any point? We've you never even paths? got to see, no, never crossed paths, never seen Tenacious D live. But oh. I know someday we'll be like, hey, man, School of Rock, that <laughs> was a life changer for, I feel like, a lot of people. Jack Black is so aware of, like, social media. That is just waiting for you guys, totally. I feel like. <laughs> like, for him to just come across some kind of message or some kind of, like, tweet or, or TikTok or real or, or whatever and then you're yep. just like hey we covered uh, you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore <laughs> you know and like telling Jack Black how how special that that song and that music and everything is to you I, oh yeah I, 
I'm gonna poke y'all a little bit. Yeah, you gotta yeah, do yeah. it. You gotta the do legend it. of the rant was way hard. I would love to see you all like cover that on stage That'd be too. Cool. I think that would be so awesome. That would be so awesome. But like your your songwriting process too between the three of you all is it is it pretty collaborative? Do you all kind of like? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and a lot of it expands from like or comes from the jam room. Like we'll like get together and jam. There'll be yeah. like a gibberish kind of vocal melody, and then from there we'll just kind of work the songs out. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, that's. One of the it's one of those things where like being a musician as well like I love being able to like think about other people's songwriting processes because totally. like I'm very like reserved as far as like I'm not ready for anybody to hear it until it's done totally you yeah know? totally like I want this to be as perfect as it can be before anybody gets like half of a you know the first verse or anything absolutely but I mean like that gives you guys a little bit more freedom to be kind of open with each other too yep right yep. so so. As far as like a, a brotherhood relationship between you three, how has that changed since the the band has been a thing? Since you guys have been, you know, out in front of people too. I would say the only thing is that we've all each of us learned more and more about like the production process and the songwriting process. So the collaboration only gets like crazier and crazier, yeah, of course. you know, as we go. So. Uh, yeah, we're always trying to entertain ourselves and come up with like the best kind of new thing. We're always trying to change the textures, you know, from record to record. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have uh, you have two LPs out. Uh, yes, right? we have Delicious Rock Noise, Green Room. I guess uh, No Strange Cats as well. So three. Yeah, and you you guys are in the process of creating the music for the the next one on the absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It, it, do you guys find that to be? a more intentional process like you go I've got to get this done or does that come about pretty natural for you all like well, you're just like oh we've, we've hit the point where these songs are ready for an album well for us like we, we made we really wanted to spend a lot more time in the studio for this round of songs so we've made sure to be kind of constantly doing singles and stuff like that right. like we're in there on the road back in there so there's like a real like we've never really done a record like that before yeah very cool very cool also it's just good to have you guys in kentucky yeah yeah yeah, yeah. have you guys have you guys played in, in kentucky yes, at all before yeah same kind of response you think so far that you you had like today as well like you you've got kind of a a home at least in yeah in yeah yeah this this has been really sweet and then i was i was really happy to see everyone come into the stage you know for the opening set no i guess it wasn't opening second we're second but uh yeah seeing everyone coming up that was really cool because i was like this this is nice this yeah. is uh this is gonna be a good day for sure guys I appreciate y'all so much sitting down for a little bit, yeah. talking your tunes and everything. Uh, where can people find you on social media or anywhere to follow up if they would like to check you out? You can find us as Radkey Rock on Instagram, and we're Radkey on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, TikTok. Yeah, we're on yeah Spotify. Anywhere you get music, we've All got our stuff. music up there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I. You had something you were going to ask. I got to ask my... You got to ask the, your the, question. My question. Right, my right. question. Sorry, as, as, as a big snack guy, I always want to know what you guys like to eat on the road. Like, what's your favorite go-to snacks when you're when you're on the road? I like to go for, like, a bean burrito. Okay. And sometimes you can get those, you know, frozen. Yeah. So that's yeah. nice. And uh, Slim Jims and beef jerky are pretty big for me. Gotcha. There you go. I like the Beyond Jerky. It's pretty good. 
like Twinkies and Slim Jims. There's my guy right there. Twinkies and Slim Jims. Eric's a snack cake guy. I, love, I take bourbon and I just dip I dip yes. snack cakes in my bourbon, and that's just what I do. So I, I love I love those answers. I love hearing that. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you so yeah. much. Yeah, cheers. Everybody go listen to Rapke. Yes. Y'all are killer. Yes. Thank, so. you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Eric, I think it's time that we take a step back and we talk about our tips and or bits for this week. Episode 249. 49? Oh, my God. What do you have to recommend to people this week? Well, I'm going to save Andor for later. I think you're, you haven't. Have you watched Andor yet? Oh, <laughs> I see the pun that you did there. Uh, no, I have not watched. <laughs> I have not watched Andor yet. And the reason is that I keep asking my wife to watch the trailer to see if she thinks she would like it or would want to watch it. And she keeps saying, I'll do it, and then she doesn't. See, that's here's another tips and bits. If you have opposite schedules of your wife, then you you really can't ever plan anything. So we have to like plan like movies and stuff in advance. But shows, we're just on a let's watch it when we can and we'll talk about it later type deal. So... But, but I mean, then you fine. also sacrifice sleep and sanity and time together. So choose your battle. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I really want to watch Andor. Yeah. I won't say anything. Okay. I think it's great, though. Um, I did watch a little horror movie since we're getting into the... <laughs> ...season. Um... It was called, it's a movie called Pearl. Oh yeah. So Pearl is the prequel to X. X is a horror movie about a group of adults or you know, young adults who go out into this kind of, you know, this farm and they decide they're going to make an adult film. And the old people that own the farm are not who they seem. So Pearl takes place before that, and you find out what what is going on with this crazy old lady from X. Gotcha. I think it's I think it's just a fun combo. X and Pearl is a fun combo of horror movies. Are they are they like top horror movies ever? No, they're just fun. They're just fun horror movies, and I think Pearl actually makes X better. And if you haven't seen it, there is a post-credit scene that will lead into the third movie. Oh. So I won't say any any anything else, but stay for the credits. But Pearl's fun. It's it it's just shot in a way that makes you feel like it's an old old time like family movie, and then all of a sudden it's not. I can't wait for us to watch and talk about Werewolf by Night. Oh my god, I love Werewolf I, by I Night. I feel like that is the one trailer you need to watch before because well, we, I, sh- we should do we should do like a put it out there to like we're going to review this horror movie this week so people who are listening can watch it that week too and like Ooh, that's a good idea. You know, talk with us as they're listening. I love that idea. I love that. I I think that it's a really good time to be a fan of horror movies yeah right now as well so it's time. 
Uh, it is spooky time. Speaking of spooky stuff, uh, Lucy and I just started the newest season of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, we did too. <laughs> We're three episodes in. We are and two that, episodes in. That first episode, I was peeing myself laughing <laughs> because it was like they had not missed a single step. Not, not a step. And it was, it was just so good, man. I, I just... I love that show so much. It's genuinely one of my favorite shows of all time. It, it's just such a good mix of, like, that kind of weird humor and horror and, like... Yeah. I love it. I love it, too. I mean, I, I made a, a reel with the audio from it on there. I want to get somebody from what we do in the shadows on the podcast. <laughs> Let's get the doll. Oh, the Nadja doll? Yeah, let's get Nadja's doll. Okay. <laughs> let's see what we can do. Let's see what Full we can video do. interview. That would be with so Nadja's funny. Doll. Oh, that would be so weird and funny. Anyway, uh, this has been a lot of fun hanging out and uh, chatting it louder than life. I love it. I love this atmosphere. Me and Perry just walked around and got some food. And it's like, just. I said, I said this earlier to him. I was like, I feel old. I don't want to get in a pit. I don't want to crowd surf. I just want to walk and like and look from the back and just enjoy metal. And like just being able to like talk to you right here while there's bands playing in the background. Whether I see a band I like or whatever, like this is just a cool thing to yeah. me. Yeah. And we get to do more of it in the future. Yes. I'm down. So I'm very I'm excited down. for that. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed. Eric, bring us on home. Let yeah. people know how they can support us and all the things that they can do to uh, to just follow along. Follow along. Go to patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show and help us pay bills and get new stuff and do reviews and all that fun stuff. But I think you should go to the $5 tier where you get all the uncut episodes, all the bonus shit, all the stuff that we can't say on normal podcasting airwaves. Is it airwaves? Sure. Audio files? Eh, just say airwaves. Just stuff. Like just I said earlier, too, we're going to have a the debut of a brand new Patreon-only series oh, yeah. this week. Yes. So... Is that $5 or $1? $5. $5. Get in all on the, it. All the bonus stuff starts at $5 aside from like anytime I do the uh, the odd catch-up post. Yeah. And that's for that's for $2 and up. Gotcha. $1 is just, hey, you're here. And thank you so much for yeah. being here. Um, so, yeah, Patreon.com is the best place to support the show. Uh, if you want to get some merch, it's bourbonshop.threadless.com, uh, whiskeybutton.myshopify.com. If you want to leave a voicemail and we'll read it on air, it's called the Barrel Ring Segment. You can call 859-428-8253. Leave us a voicemail and we'll talk to you on air. Uh, if you want to follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at MyBourbonPod. You can follow me at Whiskey Mutant on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter. You can follow Perry at pritter1792 on all socials. We have a Facebook group, uh, This My Bourbon Podcast Facebook group. You can go on there, get uh, episode updates, and uh, you can share a meme if you want to. We don't care. Um, if you want to follow the show on YouTube, This My Bourbon Podcast on YouTube, that is a long scream or something. I think it's a guitar, but it sounds like a tornado siren. Is he whammying right now? 
I don't know who's playing. Oh, no, like he's doing the whammy bar thing. Oh. I'm going to just say yes so we can okay. move on. Um, so, yeah, YouTube, uh, Perry Goes Live every Thursday night. I was actually able to jump on a live this past week where he was on with somebody that's really lovable but really dumb at times. Uh, Perry went live with my daily bourbon chat. Um, if you want to time skip to about 8.30, the 30-minute mark, I'm on there. Um, <laughs> if you... Yeah. You're mean. <laughs> just tell just tell people about us. Tell your friends. Um, and then leave a five-star or a one-star or a two-star or a three-star review. We don't care. Um, I've heard that we have a updated review. We do have an updated review. Okay. This review, it's from a little while ago. It started out from somebody named I Am Chad E., Speaking of says amazing, and, um, absolute fan of the show. Perry and Swan made my dreams come true by allowing me to drink on an episode. 12 out of 10 would recommend it by more skateboards people. Update, hashtag better than Eric. Hashtag I'm horrible at comebacks. I have no good ways to trash talk people. My Daily Bourbon Chad. Don't even come at me with that weak ass review. But thanks for the five-star review. I'll yeah, thanks, Chad. Yeah. And I think that about does it for this week. Next week, though, 250 episodes we've got under our belt. That's weekly episodes, mind you. Not like three times a week or no. whenever we feel no like it. Patreon in numbers. A new episode. No, this no. is full regular two, jacket. Yes. What? 250 episodes. So we just love you guys. Yeah, thank thanks you. Thanks for being here. And that that's better. See you next week. Until then, I'm Perry. I'm And this is my bourbon podcast from Louder Than Life. Yeah. Later.